Hello everyone, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Dina. Welcome to The Grim Curriculum. This is it. We have made it to the third and final part of our Luis Garavito series. This has really been a wild ride so far. Really has. The story of Luis is one of the worst we've talked about to date. We definitely saw that when we covered the murders in part two last week. The thing that sticks out about this case really is his huge victim count. Again, Luis Garavito was sentenced for the deaths of over 100 youths, but the real number could be as high as 400. And those are just the murder victims. We have no clue just how many sexual assault victims he had, but we do know that the number is probably close to, if not more, than his kill count. He was truly, or is truly, a terrible man. And a horrifying man. Really no doubt about it. This really is the closest thing to a boogeyman that we could cover. Like, just a nightmare. Like we talked about last week, Luis Scarabito wore a ton of disguises when he would go looking for his victims. He would dress up as a farmer, priest, or some other kind of figure that was deemed trustworthy. He was also very much aware of who he could and couldn't victimize. To some, he was known as Goofy, the friendly and generous neighborhood man who's beloved by children. And to others, he was La Bestia, the Beast, a name that he truly lived up to. We started off last week's episode with a recap of everything that we covered the week before. However, we are not going to be doing that this week. No, if you want to hear it all over again, you can go back and listen to part two. But honestly, we can sum up pretty quickly. Over the course of nine years, Luis Garavito terrorized various towns in Colombia and claimed hundreds of victims. They are still trying to identify some of his victims to this day and will likely never know the full truth when it comes to him and his crimes. This week, we are going to go over some of his lesser-known kills that happened in Ecuador in 1998, as well as recollections from some of his survivors. We'll also go over the investigation that finally led to his arrest, as well as the trial and the public reaction to such unimaginable crimes. And we can't do that without talking about some of the horrific discoveries of the mass graves that Luis Garavito had filled with his victims. And of course, Luis is still alive and well. Like we've mentioned it before, it is possible that he may be released as soon as next year. The Luis Garabito case is a fair bit different than anything else we've ever covered because of how difficult it is to track exactly what he was doing. When you have killers with victim counts as high as this, it's almost impossible to pinpoint exactly what was going on unless the killer is willing to talk. And in that case, you'd better hope that the killer is actually being honest. And again, it brings us back to Pee Wee Gaskins. He killed a lot of people and it sounds terrible, but his victim count was nothing compared to Luis. Pee-wee was willing to talk and share details about his crimes, but the issue was that he was incredibly dishonest. Just being a serial killer who is willing to talk doesn't mean we're actually going to get actual information from them. And Luis Garavito did keep track of the victims in a sense, but at the end of the day, we really just don't know the exact details. We know we keep bringing up old Pee-wee, but in that series, we mentioned that it would likely be a while before we covered someone worse than him, and here we are. Yay! <laughs> And we can say with certainty that it will be a while before we cover someone quite like Luis Garavito. I would say current title holder of the Grim Curriculum's Worst Guy Ever title. Yep, well deserved. But our story didn't end last week, which means we have a lot more to go over today. There's seriously just no stopping with this guy. Between 1994 and 1996, we aren't too sure of exactly what he got up to, but I think we can all probably make some educated guesses based on what we already know. And we mentioned it before, but we really want to state the fact that because he preyed on the less fortunate and often destitute, that most of the children who were going missing from these towns at the time were overlooked, or thought to be among the hundreds of thousands of people who had gone missing from the 1950s to the 1990s in Colombia. 
It's assumed that they were either victims of the drug trade, military violence, gang activity, or even cults that were practicing in the area at the time. And the reason why cults came up a lot was because many of the bodies that were found displayed ritualistic torture. Both the gangs and the cults also were known for taking the same types of trophies from their victims as Luis Garavito did. Oh yeah, the toes. And the decapitation. He chose his victims very wisely, and this is why he was able to get away with killing so many children for so long. At this point in his life, he was obsessed with killing. It was the first thing he would do whenever he arrived in a new place. This, combined with the fact that he struggled to hold down a job due to his alcoholism and violent nature, didn't exactly help make his life better. Not at all. And by the late 1990s, Luis Garavito had lost his job as an air freshener salesman. I certainly do not think of air fresheners when I think of Luis Garavito. I, I mean, I think about how necessary an air freshener would probably be anytime you got around Honestly, to him. Honestly. Oh my god. He went on to meet up with Louise Marie, his on and on, on and on, on again and off again girlfriend with children, and complained to her that he was now unemployed and had nowhere to stay. By this point, Louise Marie was very aware of his alcoholism and violence, and she was not exactly comfortable with the idea, but she allowed him to stay with her and her children again. And if you let out an audible groan of disappointment when you heard that, don't worry, you are not alone in feeling that way. No way. Like he did before, he helped out while he stayed with her. He paid for things like food and helped out around the house. His stay with Luz Marie did not last very long, and eventually, Luis moved out again, but this wouldn't last long either. He fell and broke his leg in August of 1996 and was unable to work. Luis found himself begging on the streets, unable to walk around without crutches. Not only that, he had to wear a neck brace and cast because of this fall too. He hurt himself pretty badly, and I'm going to be the one to say it. Good. I honestly agree with you. Good. He did this for about two months until he finally convinced her to take him back again, which she did. And he continued to pay for her things, and he even bought a TV for the family. Despite his gifts, things were not going well. Luis had now started to argue with Luz Marie's 15-year-old son on a regular basis. They most often fought when Luis caught him trying to watch the local news, something he didn't want any of them doing. What a red flag. Right? Like, like ugh. Why not? Like, sir, I just want to know what's happening. I want to know what the weather is today in my town. No. Forbidden. Nope, nope, because they might talk about the fact that I'm killing all the kids. Honestly. He, he really didn't like her son, though. The two would fight regularly, and this resulted in her kicking him out again. Louise Marie was very quickly and finally starting to realize that this was not someone she wanted to be around. He started harassing her pretty badly after she was given a Christmas gift from a friend who was visiting her from out of town. Leave it to Louise Garavito to ruin Christmas. Right. He started calling her while he was drunk and the harassment got so bad that one day he showed up at their house screaming drunk and threatening them. He began to get physical with Louise Marie and grabbed her by the throat. Luckily, she was able to escape him, and they were able to hide in a nearby neighbor's house for safety. Louise hung around for a few hours, but finally left. He wrote her a note where he apologized for his behavior and begged her to take him back. The neighbors saw a lot of this, and this is when Louise got himself a brand new nickname, Conflict. And Conflict is a very long way from Goofy. But it's a lot closer to who he really was the beast. Exactly. By this point, people are starting to figure out that he is not a good guy. He's constantly drunk and fighting with people. They knew that he had a tendency for unprovoked violence, and most people now just didn't want anything to do with him. And that was before they even knew that he was responsible for the deaths of hundreds of children. 
Can you imagine the gossip in that town, oh, though? Oh, man. Like, yeah. I'm from a small town. Like, I know how the gossip oh, yeah. flies. Oh, like, yeah. Like, oh, Louise, he just can't get any worse, can he? And then, bam, 400 dead kids. Yeah. You, you're not... There's no one that had money on that outcome. Like, no. I guarantee no. it. So, Louise finds himself with nowhere to go, and no one wanted to put up with his shit. He ended up becoming a drifter around this time and found himself living in Western Colombia. This was possibly around the time that he made his way to Ecuador. During the summer of 1998, he murdered a 14-year-old boy named Abel Gustavo Lourvelez, who was working as a shoe shiner. Soon after, he killed a 12-year-old named Jimmy Leonardo Palacios Anchunita. Both of the boys came from the usual kind of backgrounds that he looked for, but interestingly enough, both boys went missing at around the same time of day, but a few weeks apart. As we are all aware by now, Luis Garavito targeted boys. However, he was actually caught by authorities for being on the grounds of an all-girls school. The authorities in Ecuador knew that he already had committed crimes in their country, and they already were after him. Which, I mean, it took this long, but they're finally starting to explore the things around him, rather than just, like, letting him go for stupid reasons. Yeah, well, I mean, his excuse, like, I, I was lightly molesting the kid. You're yeah. just saying it because I have a limp. Like, the reasons why they were letting him go were just bullshit. I completely agree. And, I mean, they had full reason not to trust him, though. During this time, the bodies of a young girl and a boy were found. They had been killed and disposed of in his usual fashion, and it's highly believed that he was responsible for those deaths, too. There's also some rumors that he made his way to Venezuela, where he killed even more people. I sincerely hope that someday we get answers to all the questions that this case brings up, because the families of these children, oh, they deserve to know what happened. I can't imagine what it's like waiting for closure on something Ugh, like horrible. this. It's brutal. Here's the thing. We mentioned this before, but Luis had to do something with all of these bodies. His preferred method of disposal was to bury them in mass graves. It wouldn't take long until these graves were discovered. In February of 1998, the bodies of two children were found outside the town of Genua in Colombia. The next day, another corpse was found. All three of the bodies displayed similar signs of being bound and tortured before they were killed. They also found various bloodstains, a knife, and something that they found at a lot of his crime scenes, a bottle of the cheapest brandy you could buy. The DNA that was found was never fully examined due to funding issues. The investigators did question the friends and families of the victims. They were able to speak to the mother of one of the boys, and she told them that her son told her that he would be heading out to help a farmer that he had just met. This was just one of his many disguises that he used. He planned it all really well. He would hire the boy on for a job that was related to this disguise that he was using, and by now, he could basically look at a boy and know if he could victimize him or not. He would hire them on for small jobs that wouldn't come off as too good to be true. He would offer to pay them just a little bit more than they would usually make in a day to make it worthwhile for them. Here's one that really pisses me off. During this time, on the day after Halloween, he found a little boy who was sad that he had lost all of the candy that he had collected the night before. Luis offered to help him look for it, and the little boy went along with him. We can probably guess what happened next. That's, that is like the monster from It. Yeah. Pulling Georgie away. That, like, it's, oh, this guy is such a monster. It breaks my fucking heart. That one, I, that one's probably the one that like affects me the most because that's just like. You literally, like that is. That is innocence. Oh That my is God. an innocent little child who was sad because he, someone took his candy. Took like his that's sweet so toy. like. Oh, I man. hate you, Luis Scaravito, so much. How oh, dare you? Oh, my God. Ay, ay, ay. 
All right, so on November 7th, a group of kids were out playing soccer when they discovered the skeletal remains of a human being. They reported this to the local police, who didn't really do much about it. There was a fair bit of crime and murder happening in this area around the time. This was probably just one of many bodies that were found at the time that people just dismissed. The authorities could easily look past one body, two bodies, or maybe even four, but what they would find next would shock even the most seasoned investigator to their core. On November 15, 1998, authorities discovered numerous mass graves. One contained as many as 36 bodies. They discovered a total of 41 children in various graves in Risaralda, and 27 more were found in a nearby town. At this point, there was now a widespread investigation happening because the graves were found in numerous towns. And they all shared the same signs of binding, prolonged torture, and violent sexual assault. The authorities could not believe that one man could possibly be responsible for all of this. They assumed that it was a child trafficking ring gone awry, or the work of a satanic cult. They could not even begin to fathom that one man was responsible for all of this carnage. And can you blame them? Like, it's it's almost an unbelievable thought. I couldn't agree more. Like, it's, it's unimaginable. It really is. Luckily, the prosecutor's office disagreed with this theory due to the fact that they found single liquor bottles and other evidence that made it look like it could just be one man. So, you're probably wondering, while all this is happening, what's Luis doing? Well, he's still killing. And on February 6, 1999, two more bodies were found in a sugar cane field. They all bore the same marks and similar weapons were found nearby. And here's the kicker. Luis Garavito passed out drunk on top of one of their bodies while he was smoking a cigarette. This caused the entire field to catch fire, and he was left with very bad burns. He left in a hurry, which caused him to leave behind some very important things. Money, glasses, clothing, and most importantly, a book which contained the address of Graciela Zabaleta. So now the authorities have someone to contact and someone to question. Not only that, they sent the glasses in to be examined, and it was determined that the killer was likely middle-aged and that he suffered from astigmatism in his left eye. The shoes that he left behind gave them an idea of his height, as well as showed evidence that the person who wore them walked with a limp. And all of this information led to the arrest of the wrong guy. Fantastic! Yay! Well done, guys! Good job! Mind you, it wasn't like they just arrested some innocent man. Local sex offender Pedro Pablo Ramirez Garcia was 44 years old. He also walked with a limp and wore glasses. Around that time the two boys had vanished, another boy went to authorities and told them that Garcia had assaulted him. They locked him up, but children kept disappearing, so they just let him go. It's a shame they couldn't just, like, keep him there anyway. Right? I feel like two birds with one stone. Yeah, because this guy seems like kind of an asshole, too. They were also contacted by a man who remembered being attacked when he was younger by a man who promised him work on a cattle farm. Luis Garavito assaulted and tortured him, but was so drunk that he fell asleep after, and the boy was able to escape. The man told the police that about a decade after this, he was buying lunch at a restaurant when he realized the man working at the cash register was the same man who attacked him. Can you imagine? Just oh trying to get lunch. God. He left the restaurant to go get his uncles to confront him. When they returned, he was gone. He just left his job that day and never returned. Police interviewed the man who owned the restaurant, and he confirmed that the name of the employee was Luis Garavito. They were able to get in touch with his sister, who told them that she was a very religious woman who stayed away from her brother because he was intoxicated often. She still couldn't give them much information, but gave them the name and location of Luz Marie, who still had several of his suitcases at her house. 
Graciela Zabaleta was also contacted and told the police that she hadn't seen Luis in quite a while. She gave them the suitcase that Luis had left at her house, which contained pictures of boys, detailed journals of the murders, and a rough tally of how many victims he had. The police finally got an address for Luis Garavito, but by the time they found it, they saw that the property had been vacant for quite some time. And luckily, this is one of those cases where the lead investigator was actually really good at his job. Duran Aldemar, who was only 31 years old at the time, worked for the Colombian version of the Attorney General's office. He decided that he should check state records to see if he could find any connections with older cases. He found 13 more unsolved murders that had huge similarities to the killings that Garavito did. He continued to search in other areas and was shocked to find that the bodies of young boys were found in similar areas since at least 1992. Colombia had 32 states, and at this time, he found that 13 of them had similar unsolved murders. This was enough to convince him that they had a serial killer on their hands. However, his bosses were still not convinced. In an interview he gave in 2020, Aldemar said, For us, 20 years ago, a case with these criminal characteristics was something like out of a soap opera or a film. We never imagined that we had serial killers in Colombia. And they could not have been more wrong. Despite this, they continued to investigate Luis Garavito, and eventually they found him. On April 22, 1992, Luis was drinking his brandy when he found a 12-year-old boy selling lottery tickets. He introduced himself as a politician. Which is pretty interesting, because he seems to want to be a politician now, but please go mm, on. Right? <laughs> he said his name was Bonificio Morera Liscano, and before the child could do anything, he grabbed him and he threatened him with a knife while pretending to hug him. He pushed him into a taxi where they were taken to a hillside. He forced the boy to climb over a barbed wire fence. He then tied him up and started screaming, Am I a sadist? over and over again. He threatened him with a knife and masturbated over him. Luckily, a 16-year-old boy who was nearby heard all of this. He started screaming at Luis and began throwing rocks at him. He was able to get the boy loose and the two ran away while Luis chased them with a knife. The boys finally managed to escape to a farmhouse where they met a young girl who let them hide there. Luis showed up shortly after them, but she pointed to the woods and told him that they had gone that way. Smart girl. She incredibly brave, too. Right? Oh, what was she doing at the farmhouse, though? I just... I'm so concerned for all of these children. children. I'm just like, babies. Oh my lord, where are your parents? So Luis, probably incredibly intoxicated at this point, he ran off into the woods where he very quickly got lost. The police were called and they found him finally walking out of the woods hours later. It must have been like a wild scene. Oh my god. So like the police know that he's in the woods and they actually had to beg the locals not to get involved because at this point people had figured out exactly who Luis Garavito was and they were out for blood. He gave them a fake ID which had the name of another local politician but this time the disguise wouldn't work. The police knew exactly who he was. And with that, Luis Garavito was finally arrested. This time, they really wanted to make sure that they had the right man. Authorities ordered that every single man who was in the prison at the time be sent for an eye exam. Luis was confirmed to have the eye condition that matched the glasses that were found at the scene. This, along with his limp, his height, and his appearance, as well as DNA from his cell, like Finally! Finally! They're actually doing their job. And the DNA that was found on him matched the DNA found on some of the victims. 
This, along with the things that were found in his suitcases that he left at various girlfriends' houses, confirmed that it was him. And at this point, Luis still believed that he would be free. He claimed that he was just a man who got lost and that he was innocent. Once they presented him with the evidence that they had, he confessed to killing 140 children. It took them about 24 hours to get the confession from him. It was actually kind of brilliant. The police pretended that they knew a lot more than they did to scare him into giving information, and it worked. In an interview, the lead detective recalls the event. I said to him, Look, Luis Alfredo, we know that you are the one who killed all of the children. You are a good person, but when you drink, you become cantankerous, aggressive, and in that moment, my brother, is when you attack. Luis looked at him, cocked his head to the side, and asked to tell him what he knew. They presented him with the evidence that they had, and what he said would shock them even more. You know what? Yes. I want to apologize to the director and everyone here and to the world because I am a demon and what you've found so far is nothing compared to what I've done. And they really had no clue how terrible the truth was. He spoke with them until 7pm until dawn and recounted around 150 murders, but as we know, there are many more than that. We mentioned from the very beginning that there are a lot of things that make this case shocking, but two big things stick out. Of course, we've talked about the victim count, now it's time to talk about the sentencing. And this is where things get insanely frustrating. So, Luis Garavito was originally charged with the murders of 172 children throughout Colombia. He was found guilty of 138 of those murders. When the court added his sentences up, it accumulated to 1,853 years and 9 days, which is the lengthiest that was seen in Colombian history. And if the story ended there, then we would all go to bed tonight knowing that Luis Garavito was going to spend the rest of his days in prison. I mean, that's just fair, right? Well, as we know, especially in true crime, life isn't always fair, and the Luis Garavito case is no exception. So first of all, Colombia does not have the death penalty. Secondly, they have a maximum sentence of 40 years. They do not have life in prison without parole either. By this time, he was old enough where 40 years may have been a life sentence for him, but that was not the case. While the police were investigating the case, Louise decided that it was time to come clean. He gave an incredibly detailed confession, and all of the notes that he kept aided in the investigation. He also took the police and physically showed them where many of his mass graves were. Like in many countries, helping the police with the investigation can decrease your overall sentence. This was the case with Luis Garavito, because helping the police reduce his already laughingly short 40-year sentence to a mere 22 years. 22 years is like fucking nothing. If, if that doesn't make you want to stand in the middle of the street and just scream, then I don't know what will. And with that, Luis was sent to a maximum security prison where he lives to this day. Colombia had introduced a rule that if someone fully confessed to a crime, that they do not need to have a trial as long as there was proof that it was them. And honestly, at this point, the public was completely furious. They wanted to see him killed for what he did, and both the prosecution and the defense did not want to see a trial happen due to fear of widespread outrage. Luis currently resides at the high-security penitentiary of Valle Dupar, which is also known by some as La Tramacua. This was the first prison in Colombia to be built with U.S. funding, and it was completely designed with the U.S. prison system in mind. And instead of being a model for the future of incarceration in Colombia, it has become known for its terrible condition. This place is horrifying, but we wanted to just point out the kind of place he's in because it makes us feel at least a little bit better about the fact that he may be getting out so soon. So prisoners have access to water for only about 10 minutes a day. 
Water is cut off as a form of collective punishment on a regular basis, sometimes for days. Gangs are heavily in control of the units, and prisoners are subjected to torture and other attacks from them. Their food was also verified by the UN High Commission on Human Rights in Colombia and the local health agencies for containing large amounts of feces on numerous occasions. And Luis is very famous in prison. Oh yes, they love him. He is so terrified of the other inmates that he stays in his cell for the majority of the time. He is allowed one hour out of his cell a day, but he usually chooses not to use it. And he's gone back to his old nickname of Goofy. But this time, they aren't calling him that because of the Disney character. No. This time, they call him Goofy because goof is a Colombian prison slang for pedophile. Good for him. Mm. Funny how it he all up like, comes name. out yeah. in the end. He also refuses to eat or drink anything unless someone, usually a guard that he trusts, tastes it first. He is constantly afraid of being poisoned. That reminds me of Jane Toppin. Oh, yeah, very She had the same so. thing. She killed so many people, and then finally when she was vulnerable, she was terrified of everybody. It's a shame, because if I were fucking Louise's guard, I'd be like, I'm not trying it. I, I would poo on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, I'm sorry, sir. You can either fucking eat it and, like, live another miserable day in this place, or you can die. Like, I don't really care. Exactly. Oh, my God. Uh, I He spends... I would not actually shit on his food. I'm just gonna say that. I feel like I should <laughs> clarify that before someone, like, emails us concerned for my safety and others' safety. For Charlotte's safety. Um, but... <laughs> I would metaphorically shit on his food. Fair enough. Fair sure. enough. Well, yeah, okay, we'll keep it at that. He spends his time making jewelry and other things. His health has declined dramatically, and he has been left feeling weak and fatigued the majority of the time. The guards, unlike the inmates, seem to like him. They describe him as relaxed, positive, and respectful. He brutally murdered hundreds of children. Right, like... I, guards. I don't know where you kind of lose your touch as a prison guard, but it's like, there's people in here that are not nice people. He's not your friend. No. Luis Garavito is, people like him cannot have friends. Absolutely not. Because this isn't a closed case. Like, no one's going to be able to move on from this because there's so many that are unsolved. Exactly. His case is still considered open. As of 2003, he was found guilty 70 more times for 160 murders. So this would have brought his sentence up to 2,600 years if he was sentenced individually for the crimes. Louise is still in prison for the time being, thank God. In 2020, he was put on medical discharge from the prison, which meant he had to go back and forth between the prison and the hospital. He currently requires daily blood transfusions for eye cancer. Uh, this is completely paid for by the Colombian taxpayers. And those who are aware of this are rightfully very upset that their tax money is going towards keeping him alive. Along with the eye cancer, he also has very serious leukemia. The doctors do not expect him to live past 70. He's currently 65. He has not received much psychological treatment, if any, other than the original tests that were done to prove that he was sane. So Luis Garavito will be eligible for parole in 2023 after serving two-thirds of his sentence. A large majority of Colombians do not think that he should be released because his original sentence was not long enough. We've mentioned this before, but if he does get out in 2023, that will mean he served roughly one month for each murder. Colombia has since increased their maximum penalty for crimes like this to 60 years. Luis recently sat down and did an interview where he talks a bit more about his crimes. The interview is in Spanish, so this translation may not be 100%, but we think we got it pretty close, so get ready for this. 
I committed a series of behaviors that violate criminal and moral regulations. I am a human being just like any other, someone with flaws, but I am not dangerous. Sir, have you met you? Like, like you <laughs> Jesus. Do you know who you are? Oh my god. Like, if that the, does... The mirrors in prison must be built different, because, like... He's looking in, he's seeing Goofy the Disney character I in the think mirror, so. guaranteed. I think so. Like, and if that doesn't make you think that he's in denial, then we're gonna remind you of what he wants to do when he does get released. So, old Luis has high ambitions, and he believes that when he is released, he will become a member of Columbia's Congress. He wants to help abuse children and become an activist. And I'm sorry, guys, I'm not laughing because this is funny. I'm laughing because this is fucking ridiculous. It's scene it's like are are you are you what i there aren't words to describe the absolute injustice of his delusion no like he just thinks he's gonna get out and like go and like be a hero and if that doesn't work out he wants to become a pastor he says all of this while the police have an entire room dedicated to boxes containing various remains that they're still trying to identify a whole room full of unidentified victims that is horrifying if there's a room full of body parts from children that people think someone just killed that person probably shouldn't get released at any point ever no like even if it's not Luis, if they find out it's someone else like throw him away let's learn our lesson exactly exactly all of them were found in areas that he has admitted to killing and while it's incredibly unlikely there are many who hope that someday all of them will be identified it's so fucking sad so many children whose families will probably never get the closure that they deserve while the man who killed them will likely be released soon unless the cancer kills him before then you know what fingers crossed i don't like to wish ill on people i try not to i think that's just like bad for you um but i i hope that he's having a terrible time i hope that he is in pain 24 7 i hope he is sad i hope he doesn't sleep well if you're if you're having a bad week this week and you need to throw some shitty energy away throw it towards luis garavito yeah because like He deserves it. Absolutely. A judicial review was conducted after that interview where he talked about wanting to help abuse children, and it was determined that there's still a small chance that his release could be delayed due to the fact that bodies could still be identified, and that there are still crimes that he has not answered to. And we will keep you posted with all of that. Absolutely. We are just as curious as you are. Because honestly, I feel like at this point, it could go anywhere. Like, it's horrifying. But if he does get out... Neither of us believe that he will have a successful career helping abuse children or a chance at political office. No, I I think we've both kind of agreed that something far more likely is bound to happen. Remember serial killer Pedro Lopez that we talked about in part one? Pedro is thought to have been responsible for as many as 350 murders. He was arrested in 1980, so a fair bit prior to Luis. But here's the horrifying thing. Pedro Lopez was freed by the government of Ecuador for good behavior in 1998. He was picked back up by the Colombian government and was being investigated for more murders, but was released and has never been seen again. The last time he was seen was in 2002, and he is currently wanted by a ton of organizations, one of them being Interpol. So that's a huge and complicated story, and everything that happened that led to him going missing is really messed up. We'll cover him someday, but definitely take a peek into it, because he's pretty wild too. 
he's pretty similar to Luis Garavito in a lot of ways. He preyed on young girls, but he took advantage of the less fortunate as well, and he has a similar victim count. So who's to say a similar thing won't happen with Luis when he gets released? What's stopping him from just vanishing? It's happened before. Could it happen again? The thought of it is terrifying, and we honestly don't know what's going to happen, but we do know that the aftermath of his crimes are still felt by many in Colombia. We sincerely hope that the bodies are able to be identified, and many, as many as possible of these poor children can properly be laid to rest. Duran Aldemar, the investigator in the case, later criticized the state for not providing any kind of help for the families of the victims. There was no counseling provided and no financial support was given. He talks about how the families were basically just questioned by police and then forgotten. There were so many families who had found their children decapitated, stabbed, burned, bitten. Imagine finding your child with a stick up their rectum all the way through their mouth as a brother, as a father, as a mother, that is shocking. But the police never paid attention to it. This is my personal opinion, and you know I'm criticizing the state, which is the institution that pays my salary. But I still think there was a lack of help for these people, and especially for the families that were left. And he's right. Like Nowadays, that would be something that would be expected because of victims' rights advocates. But they didn't really get much in terms of support, which is devastating. So many lives ruined just for the sick pleasure of one man. It, it really is heartbreaking. One survivor, a man named William Trujillo, spoke about his experience in an interview. He was assaulted by Luis Garavito when he was only nine. Luis found him using a large piece of cardboard to slide down a large hill for fun. He sat down to slide down again when Luis grabbed him and took him to a nearby coffee farm where he assaulted him. Thankfully, he managed to get away, but the damage was done. William Trujillo is still trying to recover from the attack to this day. And this is just one person. Like we mentioned before, his victim count in regards to murders was incredibly high, but his sexual assault victims are also in the hundreds. He is pure evil. I think we can all agree that there is no coming back from this. You know, there are some things that a human being can move on from and still become a better person, but like... There comes a point where you do not get to do that anymore. Someone who does something like this is a monster in our eyes, and that's never going to change. Luis Garavito is hell on earth if it was all compounded into one human being. There's no doubt about that. <sighs> and with all of that, now that my blood pressure is through the roof, we are done with this story. Wow! Yeah, okay, so that was a biggie. Luis Garavito, a three-part series. Thank you for going on this horrific adventure with us. We're glad we're in it together. Next week, we are bringing you something much more lighthearted. Yes, next week will be a palate cleanser episode. Friends, thank you for sticking with us. You really earned this one. And don't forget, we are still accepting our paranormal experience stories for a future episode we have planned, so please send us your submissions. We have been really enjoying them. Remember, the subject line should be the ghost with the most. Email them to us at thegrimcurriculum at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear them. And if you do have any suggestions for future episodes, especially upcoming palate cleansers, do let us know. Make sure you don't miss out on The Grim Curriculum news by following us on Instagram at thegrimcurriculum and grimcurriculum on Twitter. You can also find us on social media. I'm ominous underscore walrus on Twitter and ominous walrus on Instagram. And I'm Dina V on Twitch. Dina V IG on Instagram and Dina V tweets on Twitter. Join us every Saturday for a new episode. We also do a live premiere on YouTube at 12 p.m. MST. So come hang out with us and discuss the case in real time. We're trying to hit 500 subs on YouTube because it unlocks some promotional features for us. So make sure that you are subscribed to our 
Yeah, for sure. It helps us, and like it. Hopefully, we're gonna get to a point where we're able to bring you some really cool new stuff. So. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. This, this has, has been, been the Grim, Grim Curriculum. curriculum.